Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. You're tuning into the best resource to teach you how to grow and scale your business. Whether you're a new entrepreneur or a more seasoned veteran, you're going to find some good advice here today. Now, today we're going to be talking about the tech layoffs that have been inundating the news. You've been checking out any kind of news blog, you know, even kind of business, whether that's like Morning Brew or what have you. You've probably seen the news that there have been quite a few layoffs in the tech world uh, just in this last month. We're going to be talking about it, including what does this say about great leadership and not so great leadership? All that and more is on today's podcast. But before we dive in, we do have a word from one of the amazing businesses that sponsor the podcast. If you ever thought about sponsoring on the show, you can always reach out at Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com. Or if you like the podcast, you want to support the podcast, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash goodadvice. Enough of me blathering. Let's get to the episode. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, have you been thinking about your health insurance plan for this next year? Maybe you just jumped into the world of entrepreneurship and you're thinking, geez, is it possible to have a good insurance plan if I'm no longer working for a business? Maybe you're even running a business and you're thinking about what does it look like to have an affordable group plan for your employees? Well, I want to tell you about Optimum Health Insurance. This is a customized health care plan for you and your family. And since 2018, they've been helping people get awesome, affordable health care coverage for really nothing at all. It's easy, it's hassle-free, and frankly, they're different from the big insurance companies that you might talk to. And crazy enough, you might even be paying less than what you've paid at a previous job when you were on some company health insurance plan. If you want to find out more and save money on your health insurance, you absolutely need to go check out OptimumHealthInsurancePlan.com. That's OptimumHealthInsurancePlan.com. That's today's sponsor. Enjoy this episode. So let's do a little context for today's episode. Um, and I feel like I feel like every now and then I have to give one of these disclaimers just so that some of my listeners don't get mad at me. But I I had I've had episodes every now and then where someone will give me some feedback and they'll say, Blake, that that just isn't my reality of what I've been experiencing. And my response typically to that person is, hey, that episode really wasn't for you. So a good example of this would be sometimes I put out episodes on pay and paying your people well and understanding how you communicate value to your employees based on what you pay them, not the pizza parties you give them. And I did have somebody who reached out one time and they said, hey, you know, my employees, it's it's not pay that keeps them there, which I push back a little bit. I think I think pay matters in all situations, all companies. But what I told him was I said, hey, you know, I'm not talking to you in that podcast episode. I'm talking about the the person who reached out to me who tried to pay her employees less than minimum wage where she was like, yeah, I know there's a way around minimum wage. Right. And I was like, no, it's pretty it's a pretty hard and fast thing. So we're in that same situation today. We're talking about the layoffs in the tech world, and we're going to dive into this at a certain angle where it's important to understand that I'm not talking to the business owner who's ever had to let someone go. I'm not even talking to the business owner who has had to do layoffs. I mean, I, I worked for a company, a consulting firm that had around 40 employees and had to lay everyone off except for the five full-time staff people. And then there were, you know, the five, which were basically interns. So basically cutting down from 10 people down to, excuse me, 40 people down to 10 people. I've been part of a massive layoff. Now, 
in hindsight, that that layoff needed to happen. The business wasn't sustainable. It wasn't going to happen. So I'm not even I'm not even so much talking about, you know, if you've ever had to lay off your employees that, you know, you're a bad person, you're running a bad business, um, you know, all that stuff. Let's go ahead and just shelve all the offense that can come from the episode, I guess. And I want to talk about a very certain subsect of businesses and what it tells us about leadership today. We're going to dive into this today. So just a few weeks ago, I I put up this news clipping uh, on my LinkedIn page and it read Microsoft layoffs, 1900 workers at Activision Blizzard and Xbox to be let go. Uh, and it was about 10% of the company, about 10% of the company got laid off. Now, one thing that's kind of troubling about this news story is that um, Activision Blizzard actually is not the first time that they've been mentioned on the podcast or in the mass news. Uh, This is a company that has been in the news over the years for all the wrong reasons. Uh, It is the same company, by the way, where um, a young woman ended up killing herself because she was so badly sexually harassed. Uh, This was just a few years prior. So not the greatest company out there. And there's been absolutely a talent churn there. And despite all of that, um, it's, it's sort of interesting to look back at the history of Activision Blizzard. This was a company that was sort of like leading its industry. It was sort of known as the brand of high quality games. Um, you know, there's, there's just a lot to unpack there. And I don't necessarily want to get into that. But one of the other times we mentioned Activision Blizzard was, I think this was around maybe 2021, maybe 2022. One thing that had always been true about Activision Blizzard is they always typically would do profit sharing. So whenever a new game was released, the developers who worked on the game would get a portion of the profits. Another thing that they would do was active bonuses and pretty meaningful bonuses for those same employees. All of this was wound together in what was attempting to be a compelling compensation package for Uh, your most important asset, your people. Well, over the years, things changed, obviously, just even based on the, the, the few interactions I've mentioned on this episode. But one of the headlines that I focused on was just last year, like I said, maybe it was 2022. Um, I can't remember the exact date, but I shared about this on the podcast, how in their quarterly meeting, they talked about how they achieved the highest profit, record-breaking profits, the highest profits they've ever attained in the business. And on that same token, it was leaked from an internal meeting that the CEO of Activision Blizzard was cutting all the employees' bonuses, and they were either reducing or removing, I can't remember the exact detail, the profit-sharing features that were typically always granted to the employees. This is something that has become very much, um, I don't want to sound cynical, but you kind of like shrug your shoulders like, well, yeah, that's, that's how it goes, right? Multiple instances over the last year of companies that have on one hand talked about record-breaking profits and they're achieving more money than they've ever achieved before, while on the same token, either letting employees go, cutting employee benefits, 
or um, cutting employee pay. And, and you know, I gave sort of like the disclaimer at the start of the episode. Again, we're not talking about businesses that have ever had to let someone go or there's been a more fiscal awareness of how the business is being run. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking ultimately about what feels like hypocrisy. And you know what? I've only been in the business world for a handful of years. You know, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just the naive millennial, right? I mean, people love dunking on millennials. Maybe I'll just I'll serve myself up as the easy dunk for this episode. You know, those of you listening who've been in business much longer than me, um, you know, you can just you can wave me off or yeah, what is this guy now, right? So may, call me, call me crazy, but there seems like there's something wrong with this scenario. It feels like something strange for a business to be an industry leader and meanwhile, actively be punishing its employees in some way. Now it's not just Activision Blizzard this isn't a, we're not, we're not putting Activision Blizzard only in the spotlight today. We have Microsoft who now owns Activision Blizzard who let go 8% of the company, 1800 employees, unity, a, a popular coding uh, program. They let go 25% of its workforce, 1800 people. Disney let go 20% of its employees. I mean, think of how massive Disney is. eBay and PayPal and various others have cut 34,000 jobs because of AI. Uh, one, for example, was Duolingo. Duolingo cut, a, a, I think it was around 10% of its staff, of its contractors, because it's going to be relying on generative AI to do its translating. Uh, Wayfair cut 13% of its workforce. It was 1,600 employees. Uh, Discord, which uh, was bought, I guess, a year or two ago, a mega social platform, messaging platform. Uh, they laid off 170 people, which was around 25% of the company. So a number of businesses that have let people go. And, and this is just like random headlines I grabbed. I mean, you could do a quick Google search about tech layoffs and you'll find no shortage of examples of this happening um, in the just in the last, you know, 30 to 60 days. And I get kind of frustrated talking about this topic because, excuse me one sec. I get kind of frustrated talking about this topic because um, on one hand, I feel like there's kind of like this air of like, well, that's just business. You know, the economy does well, businesses boom, you overhire. And then when the economy shrinks, you have to let people go. And I, I kind of have a problem with that. I kind of have a problem with the mentality of let that's just how it goes only because when you know someone who's gone through a layoff and it lasts for months and there's a deep burden on their home and on their life, you you just tend to see it a little bit differently. You know, you just, you just tend to see it differently. But even beyond that though, again, we're not talking about businesses that have had to do a layoff before. We're talking about when things go well, businesses that pay out massive executive packages and when things go poorly the frontline employees get let go and i got to just say i'm i'm realizing more and more i'm realizing more and more how much my perspective on business is shaped by the culture around me like i'm realizing more and more 
what I thought was normal in business is actually just cultural. It's part of our culture. It's just how America does it. There's any number of political topics, by the way, that you could bring up with that. And then you could ask people from other countries what they think. And it would just, it, it, there's not a universal truth. It would be just based on where you live is how people have different perceptions of it. But I was thinking this through the other day and Mark Cuban was one of the headlines I was looking at. You know, Mark Cuban sold his majority stake in the Dallas Mavericks. Mark Cuban, of course, being the Shark Tank billionaire, um, mega successful business owner. Well, he sold his stakes in the Mavericks, his majority stake, and then he ended up paying out every single employee at the Dallas Mavericks a portion of those profits, which, you know, set the internet on fire. It had people joking about, is it too late to apply (laughs) to work at the Dallas Mavericks? And naturally people got paid based on, um, you know, how long they had been there, all those sort of things. But it wasn't the first time he did this years before. I think the way the story goes was when he sold his first company and became a millionaire before the deal was done, he brought every person who worked for him into the room and basically had everyone become stakeholders of the business. I'm butchering this story for simplicity, but he gave everybody an equity stake in the business. And when he sold that business, every single one of his employees also became millionaires because he deeply felt like I wouldn't be here without you. There's an interesting perspective that I've noticed that very successful people have versus others in that there are some incredible business owners out there who understand the key role their team members take, the key role that they are part of in growing the business versus company owners out there who very much seem to see it like I would have done this without you anyway, and you should be grateful for a job. All this to say, we can see this difference in leadership with, with the tech layoffs happening today. We can see it happening with business leaders who gladly take massive pay raises during times of economic success. And when things go poorly, they let people go. They let their frontline people go. And even in like the most disgusting example of this, I think about during COVID, I was shocked. I was shocked the number of businesses, even one business in particular that I'm thinking of, I was shocked the number of businesses that actually asked their employees to donate a portion of their paychecks back to the business so that the business could stay afloat during COVID. I just think of like the gall of, hey, if you'd like to give a portion of your paycheck back to us, because I, I I just, I think roles reversed when the company is booming, you you don't see that happening. You, you don't see that kind of reciprocity. It's not the norm. I know it's not the norm because when it does happen, it makes national news. Um, St. John's Properties, I mentioned them in, in on LinkedIn a few years ago, but they had incredible success. And this was back in 2019, actually incredible success. And how did they thank their employees? They paid out over $10 million in bonuses. Some people on their team got bonus checks for $50,000. Can you understand that for a second? Can you imagine you work so hard that your business does so well 
that your boss doesn't get you a pizza party. Your boss gives you a $50,000 check. And here's how I know it's so, it's such like a kind of a whimsical, crazy cultural thing is I remember talking to a guy, this was probably five years ago, maybe four years ago, where his business had done really well. He had a team of, I think, three or four people. The business was booming. And we got in this conversation where he was like, I got like 20 grand. Like, am I allowed to just give it to them? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, I feel like I'm not supposed to do that. Like, I feel like, like, am I allowed to? And I was like, do you mean like, is there a law around it? And he was like, well, I just like, does that make me a bad boss? If I just, if I just give it to them. And I was like, no, you're, you're creating employees for life. You're, you're an amazing boss to do something like that, but it's not the norm. He, and he even felt like there's something I'm missing something. Cause this seems intuitive to me. And yet I feel like no one else is doing this. But enough about this. Let's look at what happened. Let's look at an example of this in the tech space of great leadership when things did not go well. So Nintendo, Nintendo has had five CEOs over its however many years, 70 years or what have you. Its fourth CEO, who he unfortunately passed away in 2015, Satoru Iwata. I've talked about him on the podcast before. So when Nintendo, I grew up playing Super Nintendo and Nintendo 64 and all that stuff. Well, and I even remember like the Game Boy, right? And then the Game Boy Color, where I remember the Game Boy being a kid and you, you, you would, I remember we'd be like on a long road trip, I'd be in the back of the car, I'd be on the Game Boy. Um, my dad, I couldn't turn the little car light on because my dad was like, it's illegal, you can't. Which, by the way, I just found out like maybe a few years ago that that is not a thing. I grew up my whole life as a kid. I thought, it generally was illegal. I mean, have you heard this before? Did your dad ever say this to you? That turning on the light in the car at night is illegal. Anyway, I guess all dads got together and just said like, hey, let's just say this. But I, I thought that for years. Anyway, but I remember being in the backseat, playing on the Game Boy, and I, you, the screen didn't light up. So you would rely on like street lights that you were passing and you would angle the Game Boy to try to get enough lights so you could see what the heck was happening. And then the Game Boy Color, where the screen would light up, and it just was, it was, it was crazy. Well, in 2011, they released another portable game device called the Nintendo 3DS, which, like I said, it was handheld. It was like a Game Boy, but obviously the 2011 version of it. It was a massive flop. It was not only such a massive flop that the company in the first time in its 70-year history ended the year in the red, the end of the year out of loss. Again, never before had the company done that. Now, Satoru Iwata, this wasn't someone who was incompetent. In the early years of his, of his position, in the early 2000s, Nintendo wasn't yet as fully a name-bred brand company as it is today. And he played a large part in normalizing and, and building the brand and growing it into the powerhouse it is today. So this wasn't some like incompetent leader, right? This, this was somebody who had had a decade of incredible success at Nintendo. So here's how he responded. The 3DS, it's a massive failure. What most tech companies today would do is they would fire a portion of their team. They probably put out some PR statement about like redoubling their efforts 
about, you know, they, they would probably point to one of their values, like because of our value of blank, you know, we're going to really make sure that we serve our customers well. And, you know, because of this, we're going to see some shifts of personnel, yada, yada. It's the same song and dance. We've all heard it, right? That's not what happened. Satoru Iwata ended up bearing the brunt of the failure and he took a 50% pay cut for, I think, eight or nine months. Which, you know, the cynics out there are like, oh, okay, the guy's a multimillionaire. What's, what's 50%? Well, it's still, it's still better than the alternative of most cus- companies that just fire their employees. Or like McKinsey and Company, they were in the news just this last couple of weeks because they let, I think it was 3,000 of their employees they let 3000 of their employees know like, Hey, we're not performing well. And if you don't shape up, you're going to be let go. And there was a comment on this news story that I really resonated with. The person commented and said, Hey, if 3000 of your employees need to be put on notice, doesn't that say something about your leadership? Like, is it like, what are the odds? It, it kind of doesn't, it kind of reminds me of this person I was talking to who was telling me about how much of a challenge her whole team was. And I was like, if your whole team's challenging, is it really them? I mean, really, is it really them? See, as leaders, it's so easy to give into our ego, to congratulate ourselves when things go well, and to, you know, um, thumb our nose at our team members when the company's not doing well. We see it a lot, honestly, where business owners and large companies, they're desperate to point the blame at something other than their own decision making. I, I think of I think of Zoom, for example. Zoom has struggled in recent years after they had a massive boom through COVID. And here's Zoom basically saying, hey, it's because our employees aren't working here. Like we need to end work from home policies and get everyone here every day. Like that's the reason we're not doing well. And it's like, is it the reason you're not doing well? Or is that just the low hanging fruit for what's easy to blame instead of your own leadership practices? So Satoru Iwata, excuse me, Satoru Iwata took this 50% pay cut in 2011. Some of the board members did too. And then they were able to get Nintendo back to profitability. Unfortunately, Three years later, it happened again. They released the Nintendo Wii U, which I think was the sequel console to the Nintendo Wii. Remember the Nintendo Wii? You had like the armbands and you you would hold it. I remember there was like golf and bowling and stuff. And um, well, the Wii U, I think, was the next version. I I never had it. So I I don't know the full details, but I, I think it was the next version of that. Also a massive failure. So. What did Iwata do? He took another 50% pay cut. And so did his board members. In fact, Shigeru Miyamoto, who was the inventor, the creator of uh, Mario, also took a 20 to 30% pay cut. It's not clear exactly what the number was. When he was asked about this, when Iwata was asked, why are you doing this? He explained that I don't feel like my developers, I don't feel like my employees can operate at the highest level if I'm always hanging over them the fear of a pay cut or the fear of retribution when something that we release does not do well. He basically, I, I just don't, I just don't see that as being healthy. 
And more importantly, the reason he took this pay cut was so that his employees would not be let go. We want to keep our team members. This is upside down and different from what we see in today's digital culture and the tech industry. We see companies that scale incredibly quickly. And I hate to say it, probably scale incredibly quickly knowing that it's not sustainable. I mean, the growth that some tech companies had in 2020 and 2021 when COVID hit, I have a hard time believing that not there wasn't one company out there that was like, mm, this is going to, this is going to, the road's going to run out at some point here. And again, it's just, it's just business. I get it. You know, when you get hired, you're not hired forever. Jobs come and go. I get it. I'm not trying to over romanticize this thing, but I am really doubling down on the leaders who lead by it's thanks to me that the business is doing well and it's the employee's fault when it's not doing well. I have a problem and I'm honestly pretty tired of the headline of record-breaking profits while employees get a pay cut or they get punished in their compensation or what have you. And I'm not I'm not a business genius. Maybe I don't maybe I just don't understand something. But it feels wrong to me. And I remember when I was in Germany, I was in Germany, I was visiting this family, I was talking to this guy. Um, oh man, I think it was Bosch was the company. Let me look here. Um, maybe not Bosch. Man, I don't remember what business it was. Uh, based out of Germany though. Yeah, here we go. It is Bosch. A German multinational engineering technology company. Okay, perfect. Okay, so... Bosch was this company. I was talking to this guy who had worked at Bosch for like 40 years. And we were, I was just asking about the history of the company. You know, tell me more. Well, he told me something about when Bosch really became giga successful, like mega successful, that Robert Bosch, the owner, was quoted as saying, I am successful not because I pay my employees so little, or rather not because I pay them so few. I don't know which one it is. Where's uh uh, the Game of Thrones guy, St- uh, Stannis Baratheon. Um, it's not because I pay them so few. I am wealthy and successful because I pay them so much. It's a different mentality. It's a different mentality from what we typically see in business. And on that note, I love this quote from Jim Collins. You got to read this book, Good to Great. It's an amazing book. The one analogy he talks about, he's he's basically quantifying the highest levels of leadership and what those qualities look like. And one of the things he talks about is this analogy of the window in the mirror. And he says that great leaders, when things go well, they look out the window and they see all of the amazing employees and all the hard work they're doing. And when things don't go well, they look in the mirror, bad leaders get it backwards. And we've probably all worked for a boss like that. We've probably all had someone who got that backwards. I had a friend of mine. I'll never forget. A friend of mine was working for a company and their sales numbers were down and the boss came in just screaming at them. You know, why aren't you on the phone? Why aren't you making calls? You know, we, we have a quota to hit. And she was telling me this story and I just thought, 
good. And this actually, now that I think about it, this isn't the first time I've heard stories like these. But I think goodness, that is someone who's looking out the out the window, looking for someone to blame. And it's the same kind of person who looks in the mirror to congratulate themselves when things go well. You know, we're not talking about headlines here. We're not talking about, you're not doing this kind of stuff because you want to be the one business who took care of your employees. It's not to be a headline like Satoru Iwata was doing. You're doing it because it's the right thing to do. That, that's all there is to it. You're just doing the right thing to do. You're taking care of your employees because it's the right thing to do. A lot of businesses, they have their values on the wall. They say things like, we're a family here. But when the rubber meets the road, it's when you really find out what a business is all about. I remember during COVID, businesses calling me. Hey, we need to work on our culture. Hey, we, we need some help with our culture. And I remember thinking, this conversation should have happened five years ago. Because now you're in a dire situation where your employees hate it here because of how you're treating them during COVID. And you're trying to solve it in 30 days and there is no solution for it. The business is what it is. You know, you told them their work mattered, that they individually were important. But now that it's COVID times, now that it's desperate, people are learning what really matters. Another example and just more present example, I had a friend of mine who, amazing sales guy, he let his boss know he was quitting the company. Number one sales guy. His boss was like, don't do anything. No, don't quit. Don't quit. Let me, let me come up and see you. I'm going to come talk to you right now or later today, I guess, or later this week. The boss never came up. The boss never met him, never talked to him, never made the time to have the conversation. Why are you quitting? Why are you leaving? And when the bot, when the employee, this number one sales guy finally signed the offer with a, another company, he just thought, what a shame. I, I was willing to hear him out. But he was all talk. He never made the time to actually come talk to me like he said he would. That's what we're used to. It's kind of the norm, unfortunately. So what does this mean for you? It means that if you want to run a business successfully, you got to take care of your people. Taking care of your people, just to be very candid and honest, a big portion of that is related to pay. You cannot pay um, welfare wages and expect people to be deeply taken care of. You pay what you can, right? And you're transparent around it. And you, you try to make sure it's at least competitive in your industry. Don't have to be number one, We should definitely be at, not be at the bottom or looking for ways to cut costs where your employees are just, you know, a line item on your P and L, right? But you take care of your people. You let them know they value to you, the, va the value they have to you, and that takes more than a pizza party. And if you're listening and you aren't an entrepreneur, you're not a business owner, you work for somebody, honestly, if I were you, I'd have a backup plan and I would have a side hustle, even if it's tiny, even if it's a hundred bucks a month or a few hundred bucks every few months, because... Nothing lasts forever. And your company, though they may be well-meaning and kind, more often than not, they will let you go at a moment's notice. 
even if you know oh my boss would never do that that may be true but your boss may say, may sell the company to someone else who would do that or your boss may not be the person who makes those kinds of decisions and someone above them does and again to them you're just a you're a, you're a number you're a line item on a PL somewhere so all that to say i don't know was this challenging or what i mean <laughs> Again, I feel like this is really direct and really just common sense, but I don't know. I feel like these conversations always get someone frustrated at me. <laughs> Anywho, hey, thanks for listening today. I so appreciate it. End of the day, take care of your people. Take care of them well. Share in the successes. Take the blame. You're the boss. And you will have a good business. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode today, make sure you're following the podcast and you're subscribed to the podcast. Don't forget, if you want to advertise on the show, you can always reach out, Blake, at goodadvicecoaching.com. You can also check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash goodadvice. And if you love the episode, you can check out our Google account, uh, our business account on Google. Just search Good Advice here in NWA and drop us a review. Uh, If you hate us, then maybe don't do that um, because that wouldn't be cool. But, you know, whatever. Anywho, that's today's good advice. We'll catch you later. See ya.